the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Congressman Jim Jordan, he represents Ohio's 4th Congressional District, is chairman of the powerful House Judiciary Committee. And right now, he joins us to talk Israel, Ukraine, maybe appropriations, and the mood on Capitol Hill if we have time. Congressman Jordan, (laughs) welcome in and thank you for making time for us today, sir. You bet. Thank you. Thanks for all you do. Good to be with you. Absolutely. It's an honor. And and, uh, let's get right to it. Uh, (laughs) Outlets are using a lot of ink to state the obvious. It's tense. Uh, You had a protracted race to replace Kevin McCarthy with Speaker Mike Johnson. You've been in session for about 10 weeks straight. Uh, So tensions are expected, but we're hearing stories about outbursts in committee meetings, kidney punches from one GOP lawmaker to the next. What's your take on it? What's the mood on Capitol Hill as you head into Thanksgiving? Well, I mean, you know, uh, what's, what, what did Churchill say? Uh, democracy is the worst form of government there is except for all the others. And so um, we, got, we got the best form here in America, the, the, the best system, but, you know, it's messy sometimes. And uh, sometimes people, um, people get a little intense, and I understand that. Uh, you know, the main thing we got to focus on is what are we doing that's going to help the American people? And right now I don't see much of that coming from the Biden administration. Frankly, I think everything they've done has been pretty darn bad. Uh, it's why you see President Trump ahead in the polls, because when you compare where we were four years ago, I, I always say this. We went, literally went from a secure border to no border. Mm-hmm. We went from <clears throat> safe streets to record crime. We went from $2 gas to 3 4 $5 gas. We went from stable prices to record inflation. We went from being respected because President Trump projected strength from the Oval Office to Joe Biden. And um, and maybe the most important thing, and this is where we spend a lot of our time in our in our committee, is is on exposing and showing the, how these federal agencies have been actually turned and weaponized against we the people. So when people see that, they, they, I think they long for the days of, of President Trump. So that's what we got to focus on. And, you know, they're going to be a little dust-ups uh, every, every now and then between members. It's not the, not the right thing, I guess, but um, that's, that stuff is – it's happened throughout our history too. So uh, Yeah. Well, I've heard stories of people beating each other with canes and guns and way in the past of history. Hey, if they roll out a wrestling mat, I'm betting on you, though. Congressman. <laughs> hey, uh, last night, I believe it was last night. Yes, the Senate passed the stopgap bill that kicks decisions on 12 appropriations bills to January 19th, I think, for four. And I believe February yeah. 2nd for the other eight. Now, President Biden is expected to sign the deal before Friday night's deadline. Now, obviously, right. conservatives are railing saying that the continuing resolution bypasses a chance. You had to haggle over deep spending cuts, address the border crisis. And it also kind of extends this Biden woke culture. How do you see it? Well, I ended up not voting for it. Um, I thought we, um, I thought we should have tried to use this opportunity to address the border. I, I've, I've advocated now for for months that the, the the simple one sentence: do not allow any any you know taxpayer dollars to be used to process or release in the country any new migrants. Just like if you're gonna if you're gonna fund the government, any stopgap measure like this was, or a longer term funding bill. Um, just say, look, we got to stop this. Everyone knows this is this is just crazy what the Biden administration has done, and done, frankly, intentionally. So you say you can't spend any more money to bring bring new migrants into the country. I think you just halt it. So 
that that's the kind of thing I thought we should have attempted to put on the bill. There was a problem trying to do that eight weeks ago when we tried it under Speaker McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't done under Speaker Johnson, but um, so I ended up not not supporting it. But I, I do think Mike is a good man and is, and is uh, going to do a good job as Speaker. He's a good friend of mine. Um, so we'll just we'll just wait and see what happens now as we move through. Hopefully, we can do the goal is also to do these individual bills. The yep. goal was also to avoid the big the big ugly. What's called in you know DC speak the omnibus that comes to us on Christmas Eve, and and in so many years past. So uh, looks like we've avoided that, but uh, we still want to get to these individual bills where we have a better chance to show the American people that we're actually doing for them what's in these pieces of legislation. Um, so hopefully we can get some of that done in the early part of next year. Now the continuing resolu- uh, resolution does not contain aid to Ukraine, nor does it for Israel. When you return from Thanksgiving, what do you expect to see in terms of funding for both? We're hearing that the posture is shifting with respect to Ukraine, that they're moving from maybe fighting to promoting peace negotiations. Will that impact the ultimate decision? And what do you think will happen with funding for both Ukraine and Israel when you come back? Well, we need to fund Israel. <clears throat> we need to help them. Uh, we had to pay for, you know, we, uh, we, we, we offset that, that increase in, with a cut to the IRS, which I think was entirely appropriate. So we need to make sure that bill passes and that Israel gets the resources they need to win. They're our best ally. Uh, they, they, they need the time, the space, the resources to fight this evil uh, Hamas. So we need to do that. Relative to Ukraine, I don't think there's any way that that's going to that, that's gonna pass unless there's a, a, a real tying that money. You don't get that money. That money doesn't leave for Ukraine unless and we, we take care of our border. And I think you've got to have sort of benchmarks in place <clears throat> where it's like, Okay, here's a little bit of money that goes there, but we got to see that you've actually reduced the number of people coming into our country. I mean, that's the only way I think conservatives like me would go because I voted against a bunch of that that the, the aid for Ukraine. And frankly, I also also think you got to have an inspector general there. You got to we we need to know what the goal is. No one can tell me what the goal is over there. Is it to drive Russia out of the eastern Ukraine? Is it to take back Crimea, which they've had since 2014? So. You know, there's there's a number of those issues, but I, I think the only possible way that that happens is if it's tied to real, not fake, not pretend, but real uh, border security and real benchmarks that have to be met as you as as money would be released to uh, to Ukraine. So here's a question that can sound tough, but it's really just me playing devil's advocate. So um, opponents of funding Ukraine cite exactly what you just did, and it totally makes sense. There are no mile markers to help us see how yeah. far down the road we are, and there's really no defined end goal that. Uh, funding that type of operation seems wasteful then. Do you think identifying strategic goals for aid to Israel makes sense, or do you think it's time wasted and we should just trust our allies on this? No, I think we got to help Israel. I mean, and, and plus we know that there's, a, there's a long history there with, with uh, uh, helping Israel with their defense. David, uh, the Iron Dome, David Sling, these, these weapon systems that, that, that are used all the time to stop the rockets coming into uh uh, to Israel, I, I think I think people understand that that money is going to be used for the effort to destroy the terrorist organization Hamas um, that 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 started this this uh, attack on on and war on Israel. So you mentioned Hamas. We've got just a, a few minutes left here, so I'm going to pivot to this. I don't have all the details yet, but my understanding is that the Biden administration has freed up an additional ten billion dollars, essentially. To Iran. Now, when you look at that through the old economic argument of guns versus butter, right? So mm-hmm. if, if Iran has, say, $10 million in the bucket for butter, and we say, uh, look, we're going to give you $10 billion more, but you can't, you can't pour it in the bucket for guns, uh, any adult who's ever 
done any amount yeah. of budgeting says, well, I'll just pour the amount that we have for butter right now into uh, guns. And then when you give me the new butter fund, then we'll just re- re- do you, to me, it's like we're, we're shifting things. What do you make of this, uh, this, this freeing up of $10 billion? This is par for the course with the Biden administration that, you know, there's, there's their foreign policy. You go back to, um, you go back to the, the withdrawal from Afghanistan. It just, it's like, it seems they do everything backwards. You, you look at the, the initial meeting secretary of state Blinken had with his Chinese counterpart, uh, the first few months into the Biden administration up in Anchorage, Alaska, and and I remember that the the, the, his, the Chinese counterpart, the, our side, uh, our, our members are on one side, the Chinese team's on the other side, and the, the the individual from China just just like attacked you, attacked our country, called us all kinds of names, and Blinken just took it. I, I I was giving a speech one time, and I said, "There's no way that would happen in a Trump administration. They would no way that would happen to Mike Pompeo." Um, if they tried it, he'd have given it back to him, or more likely, he'd have got up, flipped the table over, and walked out. But but Blinken just sat there and took it. So it, it's all part of this. I, I think this weakness that gets uh, that, that gets conveyed there, and it's 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 just unfortunate for the country. So I I heard you say earlier that the funding for Israel is is attached to the, or it's it's part of that bill that would that would cut funds for the IRS. Now we know that that passed. Yeah. The House, I think in early November, two Republicans, I think, voted against it, but it kind of lost steam in the Senate. Do you believe that that's the bill that's, that's going to go forward, and do you think that that's what we can get over the finish line? Well, I think we have to make a public argument. We've got to say, like, why won't you, why won't you help our ally Israel, uh, Chuck Schumer? Why do, you, why do you think it's okay not to, not to send that money? We, it's passed the House, bipartisan, a number of Democrats supported it as well. Send that, pass that bill. Put it on the president's desk and sign it. But they're like, oh, no, no, we can't cut the IRS. So you're holding up money to our top ally um, because you want more agents at the IRS to har- harass Americans like they did to Matt Taibbi when they knocked on his door mm-hmm. while he's testifying in front of Congress. I mean, that makes no sense, too. I think once you just lay it up, but we got to go. we got to make that case. Uh, right now, the Senate is holding it up. No, it's more important to have IRS agents harass Americans than it is for us to help our ally, the state of Israel. So we, we, that's politics. you got to go make the case. Um, they're going to try to tie it, I think, if you, if you can believe the press reports to Ukraine and, and other things. Um, but it seems to me the way we've done it is, is the right way. And, and as I said, we've got bipartisan support for it in the House. Uh, 30 seconds here. <laughs> Biden is behind in some key battleground states. Do you think he's the guy uh, that marches under the banner for the Democrats, or do you think they replace him here uh, with just under a year before the election? I, I, I go back and forth, but my gut tells me he's probably still the guy. I mean, he's the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he wants to necessarily leave. Um, you know, maybe he's going to just, with his fingernails dug in, cling to it with everything he's got. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I, I do know this. I, I don't think it matters who the Democrats put up because I think President Trump's going to win because people remember what we had under President Trump. They remember the guy who, who actually did what he said he was going to do, more than any president I've ever seen. And so I think he's going to win, and that's why he's ahead in every poll in the primary, overwhelmingly win the primary, and beating Joe Biden. Uh, pretty strong in swing states all across the country as well. He is Congressman Jim Jordan. He represents Ohio's 4th Congressional District, chairman of the powerful House Judiciary Committee. Uh, Congressman Jordan, thanks for spending time with us today. You bet. Jack, take care. Have a great Thanksgiving. Hey, you as well. Hey, are you getting married next year or do you know someone who is? Make sure you check out The Legacy on Possum Run. You can do that at thelegacyonpossumrun.com. 
Now, when you go there, you will see the 20,000 square feet facility that's uh, really sectioned off into three beautifully unique spaces. You'll see pictures of all of them. And uh, you'll see the calendar where you can figure out if your special day is open or maybe you'll decide that you love it so much you want to coordinate your day around availability there. Pricing is on the website, so there's no haggling, there's no guesswork. And then you can even check out the supply closet. That's the stuff that you get to rent for free when you book the venue. Stuff that will save you hundreds of dollars like centerpieces and runners and chairs and decorative stuff. So uh, if you're getting married or you know somebody that's getting married soon, make sure you point them over to The Legacy on Possum Run. You can find us at thelegacyonpossumrun.com. That is a business, by the way, in full disclosure that my wife and I operate. And so we benefit uh, when you benefit by choosing the Legacy on Possum Run. Uh, Thank you for sticking with us here on 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network. And um, I want to say thank you again to Congressman Jim Jordan for joining us today. And up next, I will be joined by State Senator Andrew Brenner. He's a Republican uh, from the Delaware area, Delaware County area. And we're going to talk about uh, probably Senator Matt Huffman's comments on abortion. And he made the statement that there's a low likelihood that the Senate will move forward to try to put forth an amendment to the Constitution where abortion is concerned uh, to counter what was just passed. And maybe if we have time, we'll talk to Brenner about the High Hazard Training Certification Act, which certainly seems like a Trojan horse, and uh, whether that's going to get any traction in the state Senate. But back to this whole issue, one stuff, ripped from the headlines at townhall.com, pro-abortion coalition sets its sights on a red state. This is uh, this morning at 1115, uh, just over an hour ago. And we told you that Ohio was going to be the proving ground. It would be the place where the left, the progressives, the abortion lobby would figure out if they could make the secret sauce. What's the secret sauce? It's the formula that allows the abortion lobby to go into a state like Ohio that is dominated by Trump Republicans and has a trifecta, meaning that Republicans control the legislative, judicial, and executive branches, and by the way, has a super majority in the legislature, which means that Republicans can overpower the veto of a governor along if the votes are along party lines. And so the abortion lobby wanted to see, can we create a proposed constitutional amendment in Ohio, which, by the way, has only a 50 percent plus one vote threshold to amend the state constitution. Can we invest money into the state of Ohio? Can we have our lawyers draw up a broad and ambiguous constitutional amendment? And can we pitch it as something that protects women's rights and codifies Roe v. Wade even though it goes well beyond that. And if we dump enough money in, can we strategically partner with members of the press? And I've already peeled the curtain back on one of those tabloids here in Columbus, which is the Ohio Capitol Journal. Can we partner with progressive news outlets to make sure that the the message gets drummed the right way so that we can deny that the proposed amendment is something that would 
create a radical abortion permission in the state and would create the doorway through which we'll walk later to eviscerate parental rights? And the short answer to that long, long question is yes. They were able to do it in Ohio. So pro-abortion supporters have launched a ballot initiative in Nebraska to enshrine abortion rights in that state constitution. Is there a difference between Ohio and Nebraska? Well, there's one. In Ohio, abortion was legal up to 20 weeks, uh, actually about 22 weeks. I believe it was 21 weeks and six days, right? Because the heartbeat bill had been restrained by a judge in Hamilton County, and the heartbeat bill said that you couldn't abort after a heartbeat is detected unless it was a topic pregnancy or a miscarriage or there was a threat to the life of the mother or a threat to the major organ function of the mother. In those cases, you could lawfully abort. But in Nebraska, they have a 12-week limit. On Wednesday, uh, the state's elections office released the petition to the Nebraska Secretary of State's office. Uh, It will need 125,000 valid signatures by next summer to get on the 2024 ballot. And uh, Ashley Spivey said, we're confident in this effort and we're energized. I bet they are because they just saw what happened in Ohio and now they have a test case. Uh, And she is the founder of I Be Black Girl, one of the pro-abortion organizations in the coalition. Reportedly, the amendment would declare a fundamental right to abortion until fetal viability. Now, I need to get into the uh, language of it, uh, but under the language per this report, the patient's health care practitioner – is that an abortion doctor? – would determine fetal viability. So a doctor would be able to say this this, this fetus is viable or it is not, and it would allow abortion – under any circumstances to protect the life of the mother. Now, I wonder if it contains the word health as well or if it's simply life. Uh, The coalition to get this passed, it's going to sound familiar, Planned Parenthood, advocates of Nebraska. So there's Planned Parenthood, which, by the way, projections that I received yesterday is that Planned Parenthood will spend a billion dollars, that's what the B, around the country over the next couple of years doing in other states what they just did in Ohio. And, of course, they've partnered with the ACLU of Nebraska, those two groups were right here, uh, tip of the spear in Ohio, fighting for radical abortion. Uh, Adam Schwend, the Western Regional Director for SBA, Pro-Life America, wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter, that the amendment would er- eradicate parental rights. Abortion is legal in Nebraska in the first trimester. That isn't enough for the abortion extremists. This would eviscerate the rights of parents to legalize late-term abortion. And so uh, here we are. It's, it's battleground number two. And uh, Ohio shows that voters are going to protect their rights. Who said that? You can guess who said that. Uh, the activist that we quoted earlier, Ashley Spivey. So Ohio swallowing the progressive, poisonous, propaganda blue pill set the stage for what we're about to see roll out in the rest of the country. Stay tuned to The Bruce Woolley Show. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.